0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global... All right, what up, High Fivers? Uh, It's your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got a very special guest, um, Mr. Matthew Bowman of the Shining Wizards. But first, Matt, I do need to apologize. I know we've been talking about doing this for like eight months, um, so I'm sorry this took so long um life's just weird so but
1: it's good to have you on my friend uh thanks tom appreciate it not so sure i enjoy the uh the government name you're just putting it out there Shit, my bad sorry no it's okay you want to know why because in the professionally professional wrestling industry which is uh what what the shining wizards podcast in, there's actually jimmy cicero and me share the same name so oh. i get a lot of people who look for him and find me Okay. And because I have a lot of the same friends that people assume he would have they're like oh I hear you're right you know I would I would love to get some would you like to watch my tape and I'm like nope wrong guy don't give a shit about you <laughs> Well um, I'll edit that part out. Um, no you don't have to edit it out Tom there's no edit if you've ever listened to the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast <laughs> or any other podcast I do I'm uncensored unfiltered and I just don't give a shit. So no, you don't have to. I'm just a ball buster. Really? I never noticed that. So I mean oh, yeah. I mean you're you're like, oh, you make fun before we started, you make fun of my thanks. No, I'm just a ball buster. That's what I do. If I don't bust your balls, you need to be concerned because I probably don't like you. Yeah. I mean I mean, all bullshit
0: side, yeah. Not many podcasters bust my balls as much as Matt does, but at the same time, not many people have done as much for me as Matt has um you know we won't get into that unless you want to but i
1: mean i've is- done what did i do i did nothing i've done nothing you, you used to send me mail shit all the time that was like that was a perk for the patreon and you bought me oreos tickets yeah well you came out you had a busy weekend that was that was
0: yeah not the best planned weekend um yeah i kind of lost my logistics bag and badge on that one but
1: you know Look, I'm all about making memories, all right? Memories, having good times. You know, now you forever remember your time at the Orioles game with us and then the Ring of Honor show, and that's great. You can't put a price tag on that. No, that was a really nice stadium. I I don't remember. Had you been
0: there before? Oh, yeah, I've been there a bunch. I haven't been to as many stadiums as I used to go to, but that was a really nice stadium. I was pleasantly surprised because that was – Obviously you were about the same age. I'm a bit older than you are, but that was like the first new stadium where they kind of got away from that round. You know, like old oh, yeah. stadiums and everything. So that was like the first one like that. So I enjoyed Camden Eric. So
1: Yeah, Camden's it's in my it's in my circle. It's not six hours away, so I have no problem driving there. Is that You're one? a maniac. Well,
0: I mean, listen. In, like I was telling, uh, I was talking to Will about this yesterday when we recorded. I mean, living out in Idaho, everything's so far away. I managed to drive seventy miles just to go to the bank, you know. And Faith and I when we were first dating, she, I mean, she lived four hours away, so it's like, oh, huh. it's like oh, my neighbor, you know, an hour down the road. So and
1: that's that was, so crazy. Yeah, I mean, and that's right. Hey, is this a is this a video gimmick too?
0: Oh, no, this is just this is just audio, so I'm not okay, that. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not that technology advanced. I'm, I can barely hit record on these fucking things. So,
1: I mean, you got you've got so many spoons in the porch, Tom. You're doing Marking out. You're doing this show. You're doing the Midwest Roundup. I mean, what you do as many podcasts as me? Almost, almost, yeah. But none of them are any good. But this one will be good. So now, why would you say something like that? I don't know. Rude. I don't know. Well, don't, don't sell yourself short, man. Come on. Yeah. All right. So, how long you been? How long you been doing this? uh 15 months all right and do you keep doing it because it's fun uh, it's fun do people listen i don't think so
0: i've got you some people listen so okay I've, I've had a couple episodes that did like 200 plus but that's great you know so yeah no that's I, a
1: home I, run
0: yeah i know brandon listens so that's i got that so brandon's our boy so uh, yeah.
1: speak for you so you know what don't throw these terms around our boy. Like speak for yourself. All right. Brundon is the, he does the grunt work for the wizards. He's hanging on Tony's fucking coattails with this picks bullshit. <laughs> all right. I'm all, I'm kind of regretting Brundon. <laughs> all right. And you know what? The truth comes out. If he listens, then he'll come back and they'll tell me to go fuck myself. Yeah, probably. So yeah,
0: Brundon's Br- a good guy. So and you know, obviously my co-host that will, I met through you guys. So um, you know, I always kind of do these for I say one of three reasons. Uh, one is just, you know to learn more. Um, I do know a bit about you because we've actually hung out in real life, yep, a few times. Yep. Uh, also, and just really kind of get your story out there, and also to say thank you. Um, you know, you guys do do a lot. You know, I talked about this with Kevin when I had him on. Um, you guys are really great at a, a great community. So I just kind of want to get on here and thank you in person for all that. So, I've had
1: a good oh, time. It's uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, That was, you know, you start You start the podcast And you don't know what your goal is Do you want to Do you want to achieve fame And fortune And we've been doing it for so long now It's just like You don't, you know You get into it because it's Because you're passionate about something, right Me and Tony and Eddie were passionate about Pro wrestling, so we got into it And it was all right, we're going to talk about wrestling every week. And then I'm like, well, we need to get guests. Right. So then we start booking guests and then it's like, well, we need merchandise. And then it gets to a point where we're, you're vending professional wrestlers, where you're, you're paying. Somebody's bringing a wrestler into a show and then you're paying that wrestler for their time to go sell autographs. And you get to keep all the money from all the autographs you sell, but you're not, you're paying them a, You're paying them a percentage or you're giving them whatever they think their time is worth. So you got to sell a shitload of autographs. (laughs) I was kind of against
0: that word. So,
1: and then it gets to the point where it's like, well, we're not going to be Colt Cabana and we don't have the financial means like a Conrad Thompson. Um, So what's our end game here? And, you know, it was just like, we do this thing. We're respected in the wrestling community. We've created this awesome community with all these awesome people, uh, and I think at the end of the day, I think that's that's great. Look, I would love to be able to, you know, quit my job and just be able to do this, you know, fucking five days a week, like a day, like the busted open show. But it's yeah. just not, you know, it's not there. The market is so flooded, and everybody has a fucking podcast. And how do you stick out? So it started off as. A passion project, and then you know, we got a little taste of the money.
0: Yeah. Not a lot,
1: not enough to quit my job. Uh, but then it was like, you know, we 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 got Milwaukee Tom and we got Will and everybody at the Mark Order podcast and Ke- handsome Kevin, Kevin Rogue, and and you know, there's so many people, Phil Rea and Rob and everybody. You just create this little bubble and it's it's uh it's pretty awesome. So if uh if that's our legacy, then I'm okay with that. Well, and you guys are really one of the first ones, though,
0: in general. I mean, now it's it's so goddamn sad. I mean, it's not even, you know, it's, it's not even funny. And listen, for me, I wouldn't even imagine, like, being able to break out. And I don't know if I you know, a buddy of mine said, yeah, it's so good. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know if I'd really want to break out. You know, because all the hassles, you know, like they say, more money, more problems. It's just like, yeah, you got your little community, you know, you don't have to worry about fucking people. I mean, people are going to be stupid anyways, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you guys were one of the, obviously, I mean, 11 years ago, um, podcast. I mean, it was just basically Cole Cabana and you
1: guys, I mean, I know there's a couple out there, but I mean, I didn't but even get into it. Yeah,
0: it's not,
1: it's not, it's not where it is today.
0: <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, buddy, of mine, like, there's, I mean, there's easily probably well over a hundred thousand wrestling podcasts, you know. So
1: probably it's, uh, yeah, but you know. I mean, but I also say like, I am forty one years old, um, and I, I don't know a lot of my friends who get to get together with their friends once a week. Yeah, you know, and I think that's something you know. I think that's something that people miss. Like, yeah, like I get it. I'm 41. I have a mortgage. I have a, a wife. But like, once a week, I just get to fuck off with my friends and people listen and they like it. And we get to talk to like awesome wrestlers. Like, so f- who cares? Like, it's fucking great. It's not, and it's pro wrestling. It's really not that fucking serious. Yeah.
0: No, it's, and people do take it way too goddamn seriously. So, um, yeah and because you listen I started it was June of 2019 and obviously the world flipped upside down nine months later but you guys were doing it all in person up till the pandemic, right?
1: Yes yes, we were always uh, going down to Tony's and if Tony's wasn't available, we would do it at my place um And you know there's it, it was a it's a double-edged sword the pandemic. it was awful because we didn't have we didn't get to get together and we had to change the way we did the show but at the same time for me it's nice that i don't have to you know take an hour and a half round trip uh yeah. to go down to t- it's nice just to be able to prep for the show on a monday uh and then like go fuck off in the living room for like an hour you know and then i'm like up oh, 6 30 time to go upstairs and yeah and, uh open the stream yard it's we got together for christmas which is nice but you know we also have expanded so we went from zoom like we're on now and then we did the streamyard element where we were that gave us the ability to uh to to cast the show stream the show live on all of our social media platforms yeah um and it eliminated that extra step where we didn't ha- once the show was over it was automatically on youtube so it's not something we had to upload we don't, th- you know, it's once, that once I hit end, it's there. Like that's one less thing I have to worry about. So it just makes, makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was, it, the pandemic was really kind of weird And that way. I mean, obviously you guys weren't doing guests in person. I mean, you have done in person, but I mean, obviously it, it gives you a better chance to your options of guests that you can have, you know, from, because obviously you don't have to get together in person so you can talk to people from all over the country and shit all over the world. So.
1: Yeah, it worked. It worked out. Look, it's always great, you know. Like we've been fortunate enough to have Anthony Bowens at Tony's house, and Brian Myers, and Drew Gulak. Like we've had a lot of great people show up at, at Tony's to do the show, but at the same time, like it makes interviews a lot easier because we went from a format where we were doing interviews over the phone, so we would have a phone line connected to the soundboard. Okay, and then you are you're interviewing people. But you're also talking over them. And when we switch to this format where you can actually see the person, it makes things a lot easier. And I think it also adds, like, you know, an L, like when you talk to, like, you know, a woman wrestler, like, fucking wrestling fans are creepy, man. So when they can see us, like, they can see that we're fully closed, like, we're not, like, rubbing one out while we're talking to them. (laughs) Look, man, wrestling fans are fucking weird, dude. Yeah. I,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we definitely ran into a bunch of those, um, you know, and no disrespect to Elk River, Minnesota, but yeah, there was definitely some, uh, some wrestling fans. Well, there, I mean, we had these guys convinced that I actually worked for WWE because we were just talking about the Roman's Cody match. And I'm like, well, you know, and I'm like, and I still don't think Cody's going to win, but that's another story itself. And I'm like, well, you know, Cody's got a better chance than I do. This guy's like, wait, do you wrestle for WWE? I'm like, I should have said yes. I mean, I thought about it, but I didn't want to fuck with this kid. I'm like, damn, I was just making a joke, man. He's like, oh, you know, so, you know, this guy spent six hundred dollars on these belts. I'm like, you should probably get those teeth fixed before you do that. But you know, who am I to judge? You know, yeah, man, I, I get, it. I get
1: it. It's just they had a good time. Yeah, it's uh, you know, they're they're passionate. You can't take that away from them, but at the same time, um. You know, I spent a lot of time on, on Twitter uh, for the Wizards, and I don't really I spend a lot of time. So I'm constantly looking for ways to improve the Shining Wizards brand and the product and, and get guests. And, you know, as as the world turns, it's harder and harder to find guests. So like WWE's automatically off the table. Yeah. Right. They don't. They don't do pot. It's just too. There's too much red tape. And that's the thing with us, too. If you've ever listened to the Shining Wizard Wrestling podcast. How do I say this without making us sound like a bunch of jabronis? We just don't give a shit. Yeah, Like, we're just having a good time. We're trying to be entertaining. We're very respectful to our guests. We have a good time with our guests. I ask every guest when was the last time they shit your pants. Uh, there's no script. There's no you know we might have we, like we had Kevin Kelly a couple weeks on, and the only thing was like, this is what we have. We're plugging his wrestling promotion. That's the only thing we have to make sure we plug and we talk about. But there's never like a set of there's never like printed out questions. like people are like, oh, well, what are you gonna ask? I'm like, I-, I don't know. like we're gonna have wrestler A on to talk about whatever promotion they're in, and we'll just see where it goes. Um so WWE's off the table. Impact is a, is a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah. I um agree. there's certain people in Impact who will do interviews. They'll just be like, yeah, whatever. And then there's other who say they have to go through the booking guy. And uh, the PR guy, he's a fucking nightmare. We did one interview with him. He stayed on the line for the whole interview when we talked to Ace Austin and uh you know, it was just like don't talk about Donald Trump. I like, who's what? What? No, this is a wrestling podcast. I don't give a shit. Yeah, like it was just annoying. So Impact is pretty much off the table. We can't. I I won't even bother because it's just a pain in the ass. Uh, AEW and Ring of Honor now are off the table unless unless you, somebody is just like, you know, yeah, I'll do it like without having to go through the office. Yeah. Um, we have a hookup at the NWA, but like that's it. Like you're you're not left with a lot. So you're trying you're trying to find you're trying to find guests who are just they're, they're at that you know they have enough steam where they're at that next level where they're going to garner interest.
0: Yeah.
1: Or people that are just fun, like people that get get that get it like we we don't do your typical interview. We're not where did you train? what did you come up doing? Like we're like maniacs right out of the gate.
0: Yeah, and and well, and that's what, for me, I mean, not to blow a smoke up your ass or anything, but that's what makes it enjoyable. I mean, you can definitely tell when someone's got someone on and it's just very formulaic. You know, you can tell they're sitting there reading from a paper and then the wrestlers are giving formulaic answers. It's like, I don't give a shit. I mean, yeah, it's cool. Okay, tell me where you trained, but tell me about a fun story about where you trained. I mean, I don't give a shit about that. You know, it's like, you know, tell me a fun road story. Like when you guys had frontman Josh on, That was awesome. I love that guy.
1: Yeah, you just have to... You have to, be, like you said before, there's so many wrestling podcasts out there. You have to stick out. You have to do something different. Yeah. So I think our interview. I don't think. I don't think there's anyone that does a better interview than us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, listen, I'm I'm not just saying that. So, um, hopefully you guys get the great old possum back on. Oh, um, I would love hey, to have the possum back. He was fantastic. I love that guy. So, um, he's even better in person. So. Um, but yeah, he's actually wrestling in Chicago here in a couple of weeks. So I got, I messaged him and I told him I'd come down and see him. So, um, yeah, great in person too. So great gimmick, uh, dude was fucking over as you'd imagine. So yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, with all the WWE and AEW and uh, impact that just surprises me, but I get it. I mean,
1: it's, uh, it's, it was based off of that. We didn't have a lot of followers on YouTube. And I tried to explain that we had just started the video, uh, so you know, of course, I'm a, I'm a. Uh, <laughs> again, I really honestly don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, so, I I have definitely tried to book guests through him. Um. Maybe probably during the pandemic I tried to, and I definitely used hello Nelly. i used you got it i had used any any um any press releases that had been picked up by other wrestling websites uh specifically like we interviewed eric young when he was working at impact or rohit and i like made sure i link those in there like these are all this all got picked up yeah and they went over your head but he never responds so the uh, mark and uh what's his name so is it Mark? I don't know what his fucking name is.
0: You guys had Rohit on? I don't remember.
1: Yeah. Rohit, Yeah, we had Rohe on. Yeah. We talked I about the Stinger and uh WCW. Yeah. Yeah. Rohit's great.
0: So um, but so I mean, basically, I mean, we we'll, I mean I'm gonna ask the tacky question, but I mean, where did your where did your wrestling love start?
1: Like, I mean, what were your kind of like your first memories? Uh my my father but, uh, watched. I guess he watched a lot of wrestling um, So the first VHS tape that we had Was Wrestlemania 4 taped off of the pay-per-view um, And I like vaguely remember The Saturday night's main event Where Hogan and Orndorff got out of the cage At the same time yeah. um, So that was that's Those are like my first memories I know when I was like a really little kid Like two or three years old They took me to to wrestling at in over here in East Rutherford. Yeah. And I have the ticket stub and I have like this weird like Hulk Hogan eight by ten photo on the wall over there. Um but those are like my first memories. And then it was just every every Saturday Saturday and Sunday morning the syndicated shows the wrestling challenge and superstars. Um And you know, you're wrestling in the living room with your father and your brother, and then you know, you're getting the toys for Christmas. So it was a gradual thing. And then as I got older, um once I found, you know, at some point you're like, people are like, Oh, you watch wrestling, it's fake, and you're like fucking ten, and you're like, I don't want to be a fucking dork. Yeah. So you like you still watch and there's like three people at school that you watch with, but you're like, we don't talk about it in school because we don't want to get like picked on. And then when I got to like 15, 14, 15 years old, like uh, a bunch of my other friends um, who I hadn't seen for a while uh, because they lived the next town over, we reconnected and they were still all watching wrestling. So it just reignited the flame. And now I'm going to like independent wrestling shows, which I wasn't doing when I was a kid. And we're going to house shows and pay-per-views and ECW shows. And I have friends who are older that can drive. So now I'm just... You know, whatever we could get our hands on, we are just going I mean, we're going to wrestling conventions. I didn't know what a fucking wrestling convention was. I was fifteen it, years it, old.
0: And I don't remember. Have you had a lapse in your fandom or have you been
1: pretty much straight through? No, I had a lapse when I was like when I was probably like it's funny because um I you so I have I still have all my wrestling VHS tapes, and I would order the pay- We would order the pay-per-views. I would record them. And then I had like, like a master book. Everything had a, like a number to it. And I had everything. And uh, I'm actually go in the process of doing a little spring cleaning. So I'm selling a bunch of stuff on eBay. Um, Cause I am a psychopath and I would buy like two of everything or I'd go to the store and I'd be like, I'm just going to buy these to buy these. But for no apparent reason other than to sell them, so finally I got around to selling them. So there's old VHS tapes in the basement here at the house and I was going through them and I'm finding tapes that I can clearly tell are in my handwriting with the sticker on them yeah. and I already thought I stopped watching wrestling at that point hmm. but I guess I hadn't or I was just reading because I definitely know I went through a phase where I would I didn't I never I had fomo right Um I'm 18, 19 years old And I have a full time I'm working at Applebee's And I have a car And there's always something to do You want to go out, you want to meet girls, you want to go to the mall So I remember like I would not Stay home to watch Raw And Nitro And Thunder and Smackdown I would just read the spoilers Because a lot of them were like Raw was live And then Smackdown was taped the next day So I'd read that Or I'd read the results when I come home And then I would just order the pay-per-views, because it'd be like, you know, once a month, every Sunday, you know, God, Nelly, I'm going to watch the pay-per-views. Uh, so probably between, it was before WrestleMania 18. I know that. uh And it was maybe after 17. And then I did not come back until the CM Punk pipe. Up.
0: Okay, that was a couple of years later. But yeah, for me, it was just... Um, and this probably kind of uh, pertains to you too because you were there in person. But when ECW folded, it was a lot of us were like, Well, you know, I stuck around with WWF for for a little bit, but um, I just grew out of it. You know, I didn't have cable, you know, I didn't have internet at home, so I didn't have access to a lot of that. shit So I just kind of it just kind of went to the wayside unless I didn't have any desire to do any digging. Um, and I say this all the time, like if I had found Ring of Honor in 2002. I probably would have stayed into wrestling because that was kind of definitely more up my speed. Um, but yeah, I didn't get back until 2015. So yeah, I mean, this is all pretty new to me. So
1: yeah, uh, I was with the pump pipe on was 2011. So I was probably gone for like 10, 10 years. Yeah. Um. You know, and it wasn't, it was just life, you know, do I want to sit home or do I want to go try and uh, stick my fingers in something, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, and back then, I mean, for kids that don't realize it wasn't as easy to tape things or Tivo things or anything like, I mean, you couldn't watch it later on. You know, if you missed it live a lot of times, you missed it.
1: Yeah, Um, I missed a lot. I missed the whole. And look, we I think like I once. When when Brett was supposed to wrestle Vince at WrestleMania, I know I ordered that uh, and I had a bunch of people over and we were like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what is this? Um, yeah, I, I was really out of it, and then the CM Punk thing happened, and it was kind of, it was interesting. And then, um, and then I guess uh, later that year is when the podcast started. Uh, Tony and Eddie had an idea, and I kind of just shoehorned my way into it. I was like, Oh, wh- I want to do this too. <laughs> <laughs> Can you let me in? So,
0: I mean, you've known Tony for a lot longer than the podcast, obviously, right? Yes, so
1: Tony. It's funny. So yesterday, I don't know when this airs, but yesterday was March 1st and it was uh, the 25 year anniversary of living dangerously. 1998. That is when Taz and Bigelow went through the ring. Yeah. Uh, so I was in the fifth row for that. And Tony, I believe was in the, in the, um, in the, the, they had uh it was like, it was like a high school gym. They had the the, the bleachers. So I think Tony was in the bleachers. Uh, I know Tony through backyard wrestling. We used to do backyard wrestling. Um, And he is also Tony was professionally trained. He was a trained professional wrestler. Uh And he had a very brief cup of coffee. But the, I knew him because we did the backyard wrestling. And one of the guys that we did the backyard wrestling went to sc- the same wrestling school as him. Okay. So that's how I know Tony. So and I've I've known Tony Christ. I don't know. Well, probably 27, 28 years. I was was at his wedding, so. Yeah. She's been married that long, though. I don't know how long he's been married. He's been with his wife the whole time, but I was friends with him enough to have him invite me to his wedding. Nice. So that, I mean, you don't just invite anybody to your wedding, so. Yeah. Now, for those ECW shows, you were at a bunch of those, obviously, right? I was. I was. My first ECW show was uh, Born to be Wired in Philadelphia. Terry Funk, Sabu, No Rope, Barbed Wire Match. Um, I went. So a group of my friends would go. They had what they had was something called Club ECW. So you would go down and at the intermission, they would sell tickets to the next the next show. Yeah. But if you were in Club ECW, you got tickets. You could buy tickets to the next four shows, and you get the same tickets. So, group of uh, my my one friend Pete was constantly going, and it was just a revolving door of of it was Pete and then three other people. Um, and uh, he went and he got tickets, and I was like, I'm all in. Like, if this if you're driving, and this is what it costs, like I'm in. I was like. 16, 17 at a time I had a fucking job I had money that I just fucking pissed away Like it was fucking grown on trees So I was at Born to be Wired The next month was As Good as it gets Which is the It's Fonzie Bula match Where Fonzie bleeds like a stuck pig And it's also where Bam Bam throws Spike Into the crowd And he actually throws Spike into us hmm. So if you if you watch back, you can see me and the people I was with. Yeah. Um, and then so we did a couple shots of the arena. I did the both Living Dangerously pay-per-views. Uh, I did the last pay-per-view at Hammerstein. I never went to Queens um, and a bunch of house shows like uh, they did something that like uh the Trenton baseball field one year for like the fourth of July, where my buddy put me in the Kata Hajame and we yelled at Bam Bam Bigelow and we said LT didn't tap out, and that got a response. Yeah.
0: Man, you guys are brave. I don't know if I'd fuck with Bam Bam Bigelow.
1: Uh we were uh we were a product of the that, that you we what so we would watch ECW, right? And you have to 95 for WCW and WWF, like Hogan Still in the fucking red and yellow, and you got Wrestling Plumbers and and Freddie Joe Floyd, and you know it's fucking goofy cartoony shit. And then you find ECW and these people are maniacs, and they're and you know, they're fucking she's got herpes chance. Now, so we take this this mentality, this ECW mentality, and we obviously, you know, you go to ECW and you want to be loud and have a good time. And then, but we would take that to like indie shows <laughs> where it was not appreciated very much. And I had a con- <laughs> I had, uh, the owner slash wrestler of a promotion, uh, take me out back. And, uh, you to and he was ta- he was talking to me and my friends and, uh, And I was such a little shit and I was like, what are you going to hit me? I'll fucking own this school. I'm like, go ahead. Go ahead. Like just such a little shit bird. Um, But I mean that, you know, it's the attitude era. It's ECW, you know, like I look back on it. It's awful. Like you could find if you go on YouTube and you just put like ECPW 1999 in, yeah. Like, the quality is sh- – like, the the footage is grainy, but you can hear me and my crew loud as day just being absolutely obnoxious.
0: Yeah, because for us, like I said, in the Midwest, I mean, you hear about ECW, but we didn't really have a way to watch it. Um, I mean, there was – I mean, I, I'm surprised I wasn't in a tape trading back then. Um, that would have been really the only way we could get it, because we went to King of the Ring 96, and we were just obnoxious, like, the same way, just, I mean, fuck you, fuck, and we're getting yelled at left and right, I mean, there's kids here, blah, 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 and then ECW comes to Milwaukee, and we're cussing and swearing, and everyone's, like, going for it, it's like, oh, this is a little bit more my style, so, um, yeah, because I didn't really get into independent shows, like, my first independent show was, like, 97, um, I did see Mick Foley win the Great Lakes Championship Wrestling title from um, Trevor Adonis in 1997, but yeah, like WWF shows were just it was still kid friendly. I mean, yeah, the Attitude Era later, but I mean, '96 even like, you know, you couldn't cuss and swear at people. I mean, we got we almost got ran out of
1: there, so. Right. Yeah. No. It was a different, different animal.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a good time. So, and like I said, if if I had found something after ECW folded. um yeah so is that kind of like the same thing for you like after ucw you're like well i mean
1: no it's just you know your 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 interests change you're like i'm not gonna spend on a monday night where i can be like hanging out with the guys or getting some drinks or playing video like things just change you know you just you're just like i don't i don't want to do this i want to go and like be where the action is and that just like was like you know, you just keep getting busier, and then you meet girls, or this and that, and and it kind of becomes like a thing of yesteryear, you know. Yeah. And then you hear like it's not WWF anymore; it's WWE, and there's no more WCW, and now there's this this weird wrestling with six sided ring, and it's on like Spike, with like after the Man Show, and you're like, what? I no. I'm good. It's on Friday nights at ten. Like I remember. Going to To like a bar That Kevin Grifo worked at And like It being on a TV at like 10 o'clock Yeah And it was like What is this like why is Christian there Why is Raven there like why is the ring Six sided like I was just Too busy Growing up I don't know Yeah and then, then they reeled you back in So Oh, my God. And then because I have like an an addictive personality, right? I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I'm so when I got back in, like I was back in. I was like, okay, like I got back in and then like now I'm DVRing Raw and Smackdown and I'm watching them during the week if I'm not home and then I'm ordering the pay-per-views because I'm kind of like, all right, like, well, I'm going to get back into this. And then when I started with the podcast, well, it was like, Well, I now I have to know I have to I have to absorb as much knowledge as I can. I have to find out what this is. What's this ring of honor? So, I'm, you know, just going on like ROH wrestling and finding like clearance DVDs. Like, I just have to see I have to watch all this. I have to I have to catch myself up. So in a very short amount of time, I caught myself up like I was, you know, in I was engulfed in professional wrestling like my wife was like, all you do. And I'm like, I have for the podcast. It was always for the podcast.
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good out. So yeah, because when I started dating Faith, it was kinda, I started getting back into wrestling kind of the same time. So it was kind of a package deal at that point. So, but 2011, that's a really kind of good entry point. Cause things, I mean, like indie wrestling, it was, I mean, everyone kind of got rated, but like that next level of superstars was starting to come through the Kevin Steens, um, you know, people like El, El Generico. You know, people like that were starting to come out and then, yeah, that was a really nice time, you know, and then, you know, people heard of CM Punk were like, oh, he did other stuff and they're like, oh, let me check that out.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a weird. So for me, it was weird because I went from, you know, rock and Austin to, you know, I think the first pay-per-view I saw was, I mean, I, I, there was a, there was a couple when, Eddie would be like, I'm going to Pete's house to watch a pay-per-view tonight. Do you want to go? And it and they were it was very sporadic. Like I remember once, I think I went and there was like an elimination chamber. And I was like, What is this fucking crazy contraption? But when I started getting back into it, I think the first pay-per-view I watched was Capital Punishment. And I think the main event was John Cena and Our Truth. And I was like, What is this? What is this? And I think the year before I'd gone to Tony's to watch WrestleMania, but I was more. More concerned with having Tony's son, who was probably like three or four at the time, just put everybody's shoes in the popcorn machine. So I didn't really pay that and uh <laughs> that and screaming at Tony while he was on the phone with Comcast because he had ordered the pay-per-view and it hadn't shown up. And I'm just screaming, where's the wrestling, you fucking cunt? And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, put the fucking show on, you whore. And he's like, you are out of your mind. And I'm like, get off the phone. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Well, Matt, real quick, I got to take a leak. Um well, What do you do what do we do Do you want me to spitball can I plug my shit I'm good at this yeah yeah. if you want Yeah we'll do it that way fuck it yeah fuck no it. need for you to stop Your recording and edit Anything Tom go go to the bathroom What yeah, is I'm this right what are we calling This show what's this show called uh chop It up with Matt uh Whatever nickname you want to call it oh, what's show. your what's The name of your show Tom uh,
0: awesome it's called Chopping it up with high five Tom
1: all right So you're listening to chopping it up chopping It up with high five Tom Matt from the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast At Wizards Podcast on shows, social media Every Monday night You can tune in for more shenanigans uh, Like me and Tom are having right now And we're talking all things professional wrestling uh, It's live on Facebook It's live on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch We have a Twitch No one ever watches on the Twitch But if you have a Twitch and you watch like That'd be cool Because I would give you a virtual high-five then if you're a, a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I do a biweekly show for Fightful Overbooked called The Bread Club with my British friend, Kieran, where we talk all things New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then every Wednesday night, I'm part of the Mark Order podcast. And, and st- sometimes I show up. And it's like I didn't show up last night. I fell asleep in my chair. That's like a theme. I fall asleep a lot because I'm old. Um, So every Wednesday night, though, the Mark Order podcast, Kate and Anthony and Ryan Schlong. Yes, his real name is Ryan Schlong. They do a podcast. It's strictly AEW based. So as soon as Dynamite is over. You go, you be you wash your balls, whatever you need to do, and then boom, ten fifteen. Mark Order podcast is on, and that streams live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. They don't have a Twitch, um, and you could check that out. And sometimes I show up. If I do show up, it's only in the first half because I have not had an opportunity to watch Dynamite, and it's a waste of my time to sit there and talk about something I didn't watch. So that's where I am uh, during the week. That's those are my plugs.
0: Well and you know at the end of the day man I mean this is a show to put you over
1: so that worked out perfectly so thank you for that by the way so Hey no problem no need look I'm a big big proponent of not editing anything which I cause, you know like I did um I did the Apron Bump podcast that episode just dropped yesterday and uh Kyle's gimmick is that he is watching uh wrestling in chronological order uh from several different promotions and what he does is he brings in a different person for every show. Yeah. So he's watching like TNA in chronological order and ECW and progress. So he's always, he's always watching something. So he brought me in to watch a uh, progress wrestling. And I've never watched a progress wrestling show before in my life. And I never will ever again watch a progress wrestling show in my life. But I definitely took a fat, steamy shit all over the British professional wrestling fan. Um, and I talked like a crazy person for like an hour and 40 minutes. And I was like, hey, don't edit any of this. Like, I'm owning this. I hate British wrestling fans. I hate progress wrestling and your dumb fucking soccer chants." See, I love shit
0: like that. So I, th- when, I when you're talking about that on Monday, I had to chuckle. I'm like, I'm the exact opposite. I kind of dig shit like that. So I'm like, I don't know. All these motherfuckers are chanting for two hours like that, but.
1: Come on. You're, it's because you're hijacking. It's not about you. No one wants to hear your stupid soccer chants. Watch the fucking wrestling. You cheer. You boo. Maybe you give a this is awesome. You know, tolerate, bait, tolerate, bait, bait. Shut the fuck up, you jobs. What did you think of the actual wrestling? The wrestling was great. I put the wrestling over. The wrestling was great. It was the fans and the fucking owner that annoyed the shit out of me. He's a, He's an interesting one, so. I guess he's a uh, so I had this conversation with my Bread Club uh, cohort uh, on Monday. I guess he's no longer part of the company. Yeah, that's what I heard too. So I'm a little shady. So, well, he, yeah. So he was apparently he created like a like a hostile environment, and it kind of trickled down to the fans. So that's I was insane. not wrong in my assessment. I will pull no punches. I will tell you. I will tell you what I have to say, and I will. Fucking! live If I say it, I'm going to back it up
0: Yeah, I mean, life's too short not to It's like, hey, I said it, you know, live with it, asshole or...
1: Right, like Tony Right of the Shining Wizards, he had a problem With Slice Boogie's uh, Wrestling gear, and then we had him as a guest And Tony didn't bring it up, and I was really annoyed And I may have, you know, confronted Trevor Murdoch on the fact that I think he eats His boogers, but I also may have made It seem like it was Tony's problem <laughs> But I still covered it Yeah. Um, yeah, it is funny
0: kind of thinking back. So one of the things that got me back into wrestling was that NXT UK tournament, which was really fucking good. All right. Yeah, so what uh so progress twenty five, what year
1: is that from? Oh god, I don't fucking know. Uh I'd have to look it up. Okay. It was it was 2015, maybe 2016. The main event was Marty Scroll and Will Ospreay. Oh wow. It was awesome. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a
0: fucking match, so and um, Marty's Marty. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, I've discussed this at, at previous times, so but, yeah. I mean, I Marty Skrull, you got Osprey, obviously Pete Dunn, you know Tyler Bate, um, that whole fucking click right there was was fucking amazing. So, um, but you did mention obviously your uh, your bread club companion, uh, Mister Kieran. When did you start with the, You were watching Japanese wrestling your first time around. So, you that's something you found your when you came back?
1: Yeah. So, when I well, first time around, you you uh, the first time through, definitely, you know, you see the great Muda, you would get you know, Tenru out of WrestleMania. Um, and of course, the magazines, you know, the PWIs and the Inside Wrestling and the Wrestler, whatever you'd see the Japanese guys. Um, and then the love, I talked about this. I don't know when I talked about this. Uh, Stranglemania Mania um, is, if you're not familiar with Strangle Mania, come on, Nelly, stop, man.
0: It's okay. We love cats on this show.
1: Um, Strangle Mania is, it was a VHS tape by the Insane Clown Posse, and what they did was they took IWA Japan footage, which had no commentary or Japanese commentary, and they dubbed it over. Um and they changed all the names of all the cat all the wrestlers so they could so they could put it out there and not have to pay copyright fees or whatever. Um, and uh, you know the the you know the tip the, you're always when I was a wrestling fan and I guess I'm still that way but you're always it was harder as you said back then like you're always looking for that next thing where's the when am I gonna find. Something different. So you go to the F I the FYE or the Sun Coast video and you're just you go to the wrestling tape section and you see what's there and maybe they have Spring Stampede 94 on VHS that you, you know, you didn't get to see at the time because there was, you know, that's the only way you could see it back then in, in the 90s is if you didn't have it on tape, you had to rent it from a blockbuster or find it in the store. And one day you find I find Stranglemania, and I don't know what the fuck it is, but I flip it over and Cactus Jack is on the back. It's Cactus Jack. It's Terry Funk. I said, what a, I'm fucking buying this? I don't know what it is. So at this point, you know, the great Muda and Tenru, and, you know, um, you, you've heard some rumblings and you've read some things in magazines. So you kind of know who Hayabusa is, whatever. I pop this fucking tape in. And right, it's fucking the Insane Clown Posse. I have no idea who these guys are. Don't even know they're a rap group because it's presented like they are wrestling commentators. And they go right into it, and it's all these IWA Japan death matches, and they dub their commentary over it, and they change everybody's names, and it's fucking hysterical. Cactus Sack. Cactus Sack, Drunk Terry Flunk, Lamanamanumi, And then at the end of the tape is a music video for one of their songs. Uh, I could could care less about the fucking music video, right? At the time, my brother was instantly enthralled. Like, and he became like a juggalo immediately. So, uh, you know, this, of course, leads. So now I'm like, I got to get this. I got to see this, this Cactus Jack. I got to see the deathmatch tournament now. Now I got to see exploding barbed wire rings. Give me Pogo. Give me Onita. Hibusa, the gladiator you know i couldn't get enough of it so then i go to an ecw show and rf videos there and they're selling their fucking vhs tapes and it's like the clamshell has like best of exploding barbed wire death matches from fmw i'm like i'll take that i'll take this and you go home and you just kind of fucking figure it out
0: yeah and people don't really give uh that that strangle mania tape that was really the gateway for a lot of people um, and let's yeah, both people, I don't even think knew like, like I was, I didn't, I heard of insane clown posse, but I didn't put two and two together at the time. Um, cause I knew some of my kids were, cause that was, I mean, so this was 96, 97, um, I'm yeah, um, just out of high school and everything. So that was really a gateway for a lot of people and it does not get the credit it probably deserves.
1: Uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I still fucking laugh my balls off at it.
0: Yeah, I should track down a copy of that. So I haven't watched. that. I mean, yeah, I don't know how my buddy got it, but um, yeah, because I was surprised because we were doing a lot of tape trading with like music and stuff like that. So I was just kind of surprised that we didn't do it with wrestling. But um, but yeah, it was for us. It was the magazines you're reading about all this shit, you know, and you're you're seeing pictures like, wow, where the fuck did I find that shit? But yeah, it was a good time. And then uh,
1: yeah, so then there's that, and then like ECW, you know, ECW would do a couple shows in Japan, then they would bring over. Uh, a couple jet you know high was there and mike awesome was there like way in the beginning and then he went to japan cuz he has that he's you know that infamous clip of him doing the dive on jt smith and him like fucking getting killed on the fucking barricade uh okay. and so that that was but then you're like you want like you know and this is pre noah so it's just like so ever like it's fmw let's find all the fmw stuff we could find like tarzan godo wrestling in a bathhouse like what? What are you doing, man? But I would buy all these fucking like best of exploding barbed wire tapes, and they were shit. But you know, at the time, they were awesome. There's like a few. The Hayabusa Onita one is amazing. Um, you know, is like there's a Terry Funk Onita one. Anything Onita Pogo is great when he brings out the sickle. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? But yeah. then. That- Uh, we started doing the podcast and there was there was, they were do, they were airing Wrestle Kingdom streaming it and I want to say it was Wrestle Kingdom 8 I'm gonna gonna look it up. Is there on what? 17, 18, 19? They're on 17 so let's see, I apologize, I didn't know um
0: yeah, because Wrestle Kingdom they didn't even start doing English commentary till like 2015 or 16, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. So this, so it was Wrestle, it was Wrestle Kingdom eight. Um. Yeah. So 2014. Wow. Um, I it had, it had it had shown up. It was going to have English commentary. It was Steve Carino and Kevin Kelly. Nice um and uh i knew nothing knew nobody um no i didn't that's not not true i didn't know like the young bucks were on it they were the iwgp junior heavyweight tag team champions uh the bullet club was there davy boy smith jr was there um sakuraba from fucking pride had a, a shitty match on there um but yeah, there was a bunch like I didn't know, but I, I watched and I was just like enthralled. The double main event was Okada Naito and Tanahashi Nakamura. Not bad. Man. And your and your junior heavyweight was Abushi and Prince Devitt. Jesus. So I ordered it and I stayed up uh and I watched it live and I live tweeted it. And uh And uh, it was just like, yeah, I got the itch. I'm like, I have to know more about, about these guys. And, uh, you know, it was still not as easy to gain access, but then once New Japan World came out, it just took off.
0: Yeah. That was a game changer. And, you know, and say what you will, I mean, Chris Jericho showing up, you know, really kind of was a great business model for them. So, I mean, their subscriptions doubled at that point. So. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about the internet; it's made finding wrestling a shit ton easier than it used to be. So,
1: yeah, but nobody takes advantage of it. Like yeah. this new, so I don't know if you are aware of the of the of the quarrels of the internet today. And I this goes back to the something we were talking about earlier that got me on a tangent about something else. Um, people are just—I don't understand why people are so miserable. When I was a wrestling fan right when i was a kid 17 8, 15 whatever i don't i couldn't get enough i couldn't get enough wrestling yeah right and it was so hard to find right you had wwf and wcw maybe you get lucky global or AWA is on espn right maybe you fucking open the tv guide there's a clash of the champions on uh, thursday night holy shit yes more wrestling and then, and then the internet you know it was a it, wasn't easier but it was a little more Accessible yeah. all right but now it's Like the big The big the big problem You know today's butt hurt Moment of the day is that The referees had to hold the ladder During the ladder match on dynamite Last night people got are all up in arms About this And right, I said hey Dorks go watch Every ladder match in the history Of wrestling any promotion at some point the referees are holding the ladder. Glaringly, when John Cena FU's edge off the top of the ladder, there's two referees holding the ladder. So stop. Like, I don't understand this like vitriol hate for professional wrestling. Like, and it's so weird. Like, people are so tribal. I, yeah. I don't I can't wrap my head around it. Look, I'll watch anything. If I don't like it, I don't like it. But I'm never I'm not gonna be like. You know, know, MLW's, you know, garbage. So I hope AEW takes it over. No, it's just what I watched wasn't good. I'll go back in a couple weeks and check it out again. But I hope this company fails. I hope these people lose their jobs. Like, what are we doing here, people? Like, just fucking be happy that it's so accessible. Like, just sit and watch it. Enjoy it. And if you don't... you're allowed to not like something but when you are just like hate watching you definitely need to find something better to do with your time people yeah that's that's definitely something i, I don't understand less if i don't like something i just don't watch
0: it that's i mean i don't get on the internet shit about it i just scroll on to something else because i got 15 million other things i can do with my life so i don't get it but i mean
1: you know to each their own so no, there's no to each their own. Stop hate watching things, people. And, no, and guess what? Nobody gives a shit about how many likes or how many retweets. And so this, this is what we look. Guess what? None of it matters. Mm. You get a thousand fucking like, likes if you want. You better hope your fucking electric bills paid. That should be your fucking number one priority, shithead. No one cares. We live in such a false fucking society. It's awful. Yeah. Awful. People just say outrageous shit. And none of those people
0: actually go to shows either. That's the funny thing.
1: Ah, it's fucking drives me fucking mad. The fucking shit with Sonia DeVille yesterday. Right? She got arrested in New Jersey because she had a gun in her car and she doesn't have a license for the gun in New Jersey, but she has a license in Florida. Okay, that's fine. That's the law. Yeah. I get it. No problem there. It's the people who are like, well, this is why there's gun violence. No, stupid. No, you're an idiot. Okay. This woman was being stalked online and nobody did a fucking thing about it. The authorities couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. So this dude broke into her house with essentially a rape kit. Yeah. So she followed the proper guidelines in Florida to obtain a license to carry a gun. And it wasn't because she was just going to go out and shoot people. She felt probably safer for it. And I've never had a person break into my home with a rape kit. And I've never been stalked online. It sounds horrifying. Yeah. Right. So I don't that's the like people think what a has to do with B, but that's not the case. Like her having a gun does not does not mean she's responsible for gun violence. She has the gun because. She probably feels fucking safer with it because yeah. somebody broke in her house with a fucking rape kit. That was just Stop. that was just creepy.
0: That's one of the creepiest things fucking ever. Whatever happened to her, man? So I mean, kudos to her for even being able to be out in public anymore.
1: It's like that. people have this weird, crazy narrative where they got it's got to fit their agenda. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be, look. I um, I think school shootings are awful. Right. And I don't have the answer. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is the answer. Right. But but th- this doesn't have to do with the other. Guess what? People die from drunk driving all the time. Right? You can't stop anyone from drinking. It's just as awful. Yeah. But what are you going to do? I don't know. But this is this has this situation was starting to develop has nothing to do with the other. And it drives me crazy because I'm trying to book guests for the podcast yesterday. And all I see is these fucking idiots on social media trying to get the likes and trying to get their fucking flowers. Stop. You look like a dildo. Yeah, but, I'm off. Sorry, Tom. I got all fired up here. No, that's, I mean, that's, this is the,
0: this is the hot content that I was looking for. So hot, yeah. well, you know, so it's the hot like, I take. So, um, yeah, I just went briefly. I just heard she got busted with a gun and I'm like, well, you know, good honor. I mean, I don't blame her. So hopefully they slap her on the wrist say, Hey, you know, you know, she probably wasn't going to go out and rob somebody. So we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, it's 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 a weird time list, and I mean, you, people have so much. I mean, you don't have, you're not. I mean, back in two thousand five, two thousand six, yes, you had on TV. You could watch. I mean, all you had was WWE. So if you know you didn't like it, you you were fucked. I mean, yes, there was Ring of Honor, but it wasn't on TV. Impact was was tough to find. So, but now if you don't like it, just watch something else. It's very else
1: everybody. So everyone wants to like stake their claim in the internet wrestling. It's so fucking weird, man. Yeah. I don't get it, but I mean, whatever happens, so. Um, but speaking of foreign wrestling, do you watch any lucha libre or anything at all? I don't. There was a time when there was that weird cross promotion with Ring of Honor where they were doing where where they were doing stuff in AAA and I know Taven lost his hair in in some yeah. big like 10-man match and I watched that and I hated every second of it. Um, because it's just, I don't know, I just couldn't get into it. And then in the main event, I felt like every pin count was, um, you could tell when he was going to count three and when he wasn't because his cadence was completely different. The referee, the referee was also a thousand years old. So it just wasn't, wasn't for me.
0: Yeah, because one of the things when I got back into wrestling, and one of the first non-WWF things I showed faith was, was Lucha Underground, so I love shit like that, though. So. Okay,
1: Lucha Underground is different, though, than yeah. Lucha, like, when you say Lucha Libre, I'm thinking AAA or CMLL. Yeah. Lucha Underground was a TV show about wrestling, and that was presented in a completely different entity, and I think they did an amazing job with it.
0: Such a weird story. Like you can't get a hold of that any of that stuff anymore. Like I wish they put that out on DVD.
1: Cause I only got half of sure. season two. I'm sure, if you dig deep enough in the internet, you could find it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have that. You know, you can buy the seasons on Amazon. Uh It's just digitally because it was on Tubi for a while, but then they took it yeah, off. It was on. Uh, it was on Netflix too for a, a little. Yeah, bit. Two, that's where I watched. The, yeah, the first two seasons were on Netflix, but. Um, yeah that was just a lot of fun I mean I just kind of like that that style in general so that was just a whole nother animal so
1: it was good it was good and the storytelling was there but you know they uh they all tied up with all the contracts and all that weird bullshit
0: yeah that was yeah and they were I mean a bunch of people had to fight like I know Jeff Cobb had to like sue them to get out of his contract a bunch you know, of
1: Jeff Cobb I think um Ryan Cage. Uh, Brian Cage, one okay. of the female wrestlers.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was it was a weird business model. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna pay you eight thousand dollars a year, and you're only gonna work thirteen weeks. You know, but you can't work anywhere else. Those other thirty nine weeks, so it was just it was just weird. So, um, because it'd be cool to have it on DVD or like a poster or something. Because I've met so many Lucha Underground stars. Face like, oh, we should just get all these autographs. I mean, we've met the you know the Lucha brothers, you know, I've met Brian Cage, Jeff Cobb, Willie Mack. It'd be cool to have like a signature on all those, but
1: you know, it is what it is. So get to work, Tom. Yeah. So get to work in. And...
0: Work stupid. Um, so besides wrestling, Matt, I know you're obviously a big Mets fan, but what else does
1: Matt like to do on his days off? Oh man. Um, what Matt... do I like to do on my days off? I don't know, Tom. I'm pretty uh pretty boring guy. <laughs> Tell you what, I, Tom, I'll give you an insight on what I did today. I woke up this morning, uh, I went to the bagel store, got bagels for me and my wife, because my wife had the morning off. Uh, and then I came home, we had breakfast, and then I went to Staples to look for boxes to ship my figures. Uh, and then I had to stop at ShopRite to get icing because my wife is making cupcakes. Nice. And I came up here to, uh, put some more stuff on eBay. Yeah. And, uh, that's, uh, that's my day so far.
0: Well, growing, growing up as a Mets fan. Cause I know obviously we got the baseball. <laughs>
1: oh, this is going to turn sour real fast. Tom, I'm going to let you know something right now. I did not grow up a Mets fan. Ah, did you not like uh, baseball? What? Not like baseball at all. No, I loved baseball and I also liked uh the things that were sexy. So, my first favorite baseball team was the Oth- Oakland Athletics because I thought Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco were the shit. you know, that's not a very uncommon opinion of people our age. So, it only took a couple nine year old forearm smashes to figure out that this is not the life I lead. <laughs> I was look, the A's were good when I was a kid, and I loved the look. I can tell you fucking, you know, it's not just Canseco, McGuire, Terry Steinbeck and Bob Welch and Dave Stewart and Carney Lansford and Walt Weiss and Dave Henderson and Ricky Henderson and uh, uh, Tony Phillips. Like I could Luis Polonia was there for a, a minute. Like they were a sexy team. They had cool uniforms. They won. They played in the World Series. They lost the Reds. I hate the Reds. Chris Sabo and his stupid goggles. But like that was it. And then then I became an Orioles fan. Interesting. Okay. Right. I don't know why. Um, but the Orioles also had a sexy team. Brady Anderson was taking the world by storm the year he hit fifty home runs. Cal Ripken Jr. played every day. Oh. Uh, Palmero was there. Mike Devereaux, Jeffrey Hammond's. Uh I think Chris Fucking Sable ended up there. <laughs> Jeffrey Hammond showed up in the brewers for a little while. So yeah, he did. So uh so there was a like I was just like in between. Like I was a fan of baseball and like you know they were good. And I was a fan for the fucking Jeffrey Meyer, the Jeffrey Mauer game, whatever the fuck that jerk off little kid that stuck his hand over the fence at Yankee Stadium. And then when I was like 14 years old, 14, 15 years old, my uncle brought us, took us to a Mets game, it was Piazza's first game as a Met. Wow. And he was like and he was like, You need to like you need to decide because like the whole ride in, he's like, who's your team? Because he's been a Giants fan like his whole life. When they were in New York and then San Francisco, and he's like, You have to pick it, like you can't you can't like fucking change teams every four years. Like this is you're signing up for this the rest of your life now. So I was like, Okay, I guess I'm a Mets fan. (laughs) So
0: you're up. he stayed a Giants fan after they left, huh? Oh yes, oh yes. Yeah, my my dad's still better. the Bra- The Braves left Milwaukee in like 1960, and my dad's still pissed off about it. So it's uh,
1: yeah, man. I look, I get it.
0: Yeah. Braves were good though. I mean, you had Hank Aaron, you had Eddie Matthews, you know Lou Prudett, Warren Spawn. Those Braves, those 50s Braves teams were really fucking good. So and
1: hey, look, don't don't you know like i was very aware of the mets yeah growing like i was you know because that's what you got like it was not uh you know it's not like it is today you can't just put on the fucking baseball network or stream a game like so i was watching the mets on fucking channel 9 with ralph kiner in the booth like yeah and my you know my my aunt and uncle were huge sports fans so it was like you know she would come over and we watched the fucking mets together so like i was there for the lean years of the Jeff Kent's and the Butch Huskies and Vince Coleman throwing firecrackers. Like I know the history. I just wasn't like, I was like, that's my team. Cause they fucking suck. Hey, I'm an Orioles fan. Cause Cal Ripken jr. Is great. Uh, but then I'd be, you know, then I fully committed to the Mets. And now, you know, where mean, we are, but my wife says it best. Like, you know, it's, uh, he, st- she made a, uh, and, an, uh, an analogy to like a relationship Right like he's fully in He's committed And then he doesn't take for granted The good times like he's fully committed To the Mets even though they shit the fucking Bet every year yeah. Don't don't say well Because they fucking took a, the Biggest dump in the middle of the street last Year they couldn't beat the fucking they Couldn't win a goddamn baseball game in fucking September well, and the answer is to let's sign some fucking 40 year old pitchers I mean, you are talking to a Brewers
0: fan for a team that didn't make the playoffs for 26 years.
1: Yeah, but you had a nice run. We did. We did. So yeah. the playoffs, CC got you there. Yeah. And then, they, and then
0: uh, of course, yeah, the, the year I moved to Idaho is the year I went to, and I always tell a story, in 2007, I went to 32 Brewer games. I caught a game in every series except for one cup series. Then the year I moved to Idaho, I moved out of Milwaukee for the first time in my life the first time in 26 years and the goddamn brewers make the playoffs you know we got yeah, 2021 that was their year but yeah they went and 26 in september and they still won the division but yeah but then they got ousted yeah. by the brave so
1: so you know it is uh yeah so i like baseball i like football uh i like music i like to read um i'm a pretty like you know boring dude outside of uh the podcast
0: what kind of crime books are you reading right
1: now i'm actually not reading any i have a stack of books on my desk um actually i'm reading small sacrifices about Diane Downs uh she killed uh she shot all three of her kids uh one of them died two of them survived it was all because she's a crazy person Okay. (laughs) Back in the 80s Oregon dude Oregon was a wild Place in the 80s you know a lot Of this shit I just listened to a podcast Murder in Oregon Where uh, where the government Essentially killed the district attorney Because he was going to expose that they were uh, You know doing shitty shit And uh, and this Dude's family fucking fought tooth and nail For 20 years to finally get this case Reopened Uh, and it was A lot of roadblocks and then there's that there's the i5 killers in Oregon, Diane Downs was in Oregon. Um but you know, I got to I I got to you got to I got to change it up cuz sometimes again, the addictive personality, I will go down these these rabbit holes where I will just listen to nothing but murder podcasts, true crime podcasts and that can get dark, man, after listening to 12 hours of just fucking awfulness. So I had to change it up when I went on my cruise. I only brought wrestling books with me because I'm oh. like, I'm on my cruise. I'm going to read these wrestling books because they're not too deep. Yeah. Can't, can't be bringing the fucking murder on the cruise with me. What's your favorite wrestling book that you ever read? Uh, The Bret Hart book. Really? Okay. Yes. I'm a Bret Hart's my guy, man. There will never, ever be. Like I will never say anything different about it. Like he's my guy. Sometimes, uh, you know, he may exaggerate, but you know the, who doesn't. But you can tell, like he actually
0: wrote it. Like sometimes you get these autobiographies, and you can tell it's Gibbles written. So is it was one of those books. Like I mean, "Have a Nice Day" is by far is my favorite one, and you can definitely yeah, tell yeah.
1: Mick Foley wrote that book. Yeah, like, it's a, look, "Have a Nice Day" is up there. Uh, yeah. That's a great book. Uh, the Young Bucks book was good. I just read that recently. Excuse me. Uh, I have the Moxley book over there that I haven't touched yet. I heard that's really
0: good. I haven't read that one yet. So, uh, but Brett's, I mean, Brett's wor- is worth getting though and reading. That,
1: huh? Brett's is good. There's a book about Mid South wrestling, wrestling and junkyard dog, which is really good.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I read that. So, yeah, I think uh, that either you guys or Phil recommended that. That Greg Klein, I think, wrote or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have the Sheik book over there, not the Iron Sheik, the original Sheik. Blood and dime or blood and Stone. yeah. Blood is something with blood blood and fire yeah blood fire yeah
0: that's on my it's on my wish list so it's it's coming up soon so yeah that's supposed to be really good too so
1: yeah Uh, and i'm reading i'm reading the brian gewertz book like i just that's my that's my poop book so i take that in the bathroom and take a dump so i could probably sit down and read it in an afternoon but yeah you just leave it in the bath, you know.
0: So do you actually take a book with you or do you uh, do you actually like leave the book in the bathroom?
1: No, I take it with me. I'm not leaving it in the bathroom. With okay. you it gets all steamy and hot in there fuck the book up. No, no, I take care of my stuff. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm like a yeah. oh, weird with like magazines, but like I'm very like I take I'm very like anal about things. All like all my wrestling magazines are in plastic, like nice. Yeah. I'm a I don't know what to tell you.
0: Well, I mean, if you know, I mean, God forbid if something ever happens. I mean, you want your wife to be able to sell that shit for good money, so that's the plan. I hope. That's why I've got to, you know probably what I had two dozen wrestling shirts. They're one of those vacuum sealed things, so you know it's kind of face insurance policy for forever. Kick the bucket, so there you go. Well, so, that's my plan. So, but I mean, I I love Bret Hart. Um, and I listen, he was actually the first person I met when I got back into wrestling. Like it was a meeting. Oh, nice. actually swaggles promotion we we'll hopefully get him on the podcast one of these days. I'll see him in a couple days, but uh, yeah, I was and I don't get starstruck very often, but I was like, "Holy fuck, that's for her!" I was like, "God damn!" I was like, "Yeah, it was awesome." So, yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering because I mean that line was around the fucking block, so I'm like, "How much money is he making and how much is the promotion making off of this?" All right,
1: so this is this is usually how this works. The wrestler has a fee, right? And the promoter pays that fee to get him to wherever. And, you know, I don't know. They can include like room, the flight, whatever. So he brings him in. Now the, the promoter is going to, to have this person go out and sell autographs. Now, this could be included in the fee like. you're. I'm going to pay you to come in and X amount of dollars is going to come from the vendor. Yeah, so that's where someone like I come in. So they they the the local promotion reach out. Hey, WrestleMania weekend, we have John Morrison coming in. Do you want to vent him? Well, what's the price? The price is this. Okay, so you let's just say I want to say we paid three grand for Morrison. Hmm. maybe or 2500 it was a lot yeah right so uh, and so so I don't know now at this point the promoter is not involved the money has to go to John Morrison so here's so you bring the money you go to into the backstage area you interrupt John Morrison who's talking to the Pope Because time is money now. Like this is, he has his money, so he doesn't give a fuck, right? Not that he's saying. Not I'm not saying he doesn't give a fuck, but now we we only have X amount of time. John Morrison signed an autograph for two hours. In that two hours, we have to try and make as much, if not more. We have to get our money back, and then hopefully make a little more. We set the prices for everything. Right, so we set this is what your eight by ten is. This is what your, uh, picture is. This is what your combo is. We also have to we have to provide the eight by ten. So we have to get those made too. So, yeah, yeah, they don't they don't include them for you. So you have to. So now I have to go in the back. I have to say, excuse me, Mister Morrison. My name is Matt from the Shining Wizards. I'm sorry to interrupt. We are vending you. Here's your money. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go right now buddy time is a ticking we got to get this dog and pony show on the road and uh and then he's you're just there at him with a table for whatever the 90 minutes is hmm. it was it was it's you and somebody else you know it was i don't know we there's the three of us at the time so i think all three of us were there because we were it was our first like vending deal and it was a big deal yeah so you know, someone's taking the money. Someone's taking pictures, and you just gotta fucking move, move, move the line and get as much as you can in that hour and a half. Hmm.
0: So the vendor's the one that's pushing it through, not the wrestlers. Are like, okay, it's
1: like you get no, attention. the vendor is because there's that. Now I see we only we did it a couple times, so we did. It's like they're so there's you know, it. I'll never do it again. There was a a run where we did it. We probably did within like two years, we did like six or seven people. Okay. We did Morrison and we made a little bit of money. We did Steamboat and we made a little bit of money. Uh, and then everybody else, we lost money. Uh, two Cold Scorpio, Davy Boy Smith, Mickey Knuckles, Shelly Martinez. <laughs> And the granddaddy of them all, Taz, we pay. It was so there used to be a person who ran the local promotion in here in Jersey, and it later came out that he was stealing money from the company. So uh, they were bringing in Taz. And it was a very rare appearance for Taz. And it was in Brooklyn. And we were offered to vent him. And it was a lot of money. So we said yes. <laughs> we made no money. No, we didn't. Be, we didn't even come close no. to our money back. And I laughed the whole way home. I wasn't even there. I was on the pizza truck. I laughed the whole ride back when they told me how much money we made. So a couple months later, the so then I I have 100 fucking thousand questions because I'm not there, right? So I need to know, like, what was the price, right? And who did you give the money to? Because when I did Morrison, we gave the money to Morrison. When we did Steamboat, we gave the money to Steamboat. When we did Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Two Cold Scorpio, we gave the money to them. Who did you give the money to? I gave the money to Guy. Well, Guy is the guy who got his name is not Guy. I'm not saying his fucking name. Yeah. Guy is the guy who eventually got caught stealing, and is no longer doing the wrestling gimmick. So then I was like, "Well, if Guy set the price and Guy took the money, then maybe that wasn't the price. Maybe he took the money and then took." Took off the top and then gave Taz his money. Either way, we'll never, never, ever, ever, ever again. Yeah. God bless the people that do it. I want no part. It's such a fucking hassle. with the fuck? You gotta get the fucking eight by tens made, the markers, the change, and then you just you're hoping. You're hoping you make something. Yeah. Steamboat's cool though. Steamboat was awesome. Steamboat yeah. was awesome. We had him at a table at a wrestling convention. We did well for Steamboat, and he was the the fucking nicest dude ever. Yeah,
0: I I would imagine so. I was kind of wondered that because yeah, I mean some of those prices, like uh, the Hardys were here before Jeff had his little meltdown uh, for Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. It was like fifty dollars for the meet and greet, and then like forty dollars for a picture, and then it was it was utterly ridiculous. I was like, Jesus fucking
1: yeah, great. but those like those because they're the, those people are paying like. Anywhere up to fucking ten grand. Yeah, I bet
0: you. I bet you the Hardys weren't cheap. So um, yeah, and I listen. There aren't many people. I am going to meet. I uh, finally one person very high on my list. Um, Malachi Black's coming here in a couple weeks, so that's very high on my list of people I wanted to get. But yeah, I'm I'm not a really big autograph person. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a friend of mine who does. He collects autographs and memorabilia and stuff like that. So um, just off the top of your head, obviously, when people ask you. What's your favorite piece? But like off the top of your head, what's one that you're really proud of? Like piece of memory? Uh,
1: my wife got me a Hitman hockey jersey autographed by the Hitman. Wow. Because I think you're like an actual Hitman hockey team. There was. There still might be. The Calgary Hitman. Yeah. Uh, So that hang That's in the bedroom in a shadow box. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have the four I've met the four horsemen. I have that autographed up here. Was it a WrestleCon? No, this was a lot. It was at a it was at a wrestling convention at the Sea C- Caucus Convention Center where I met uh the horsemen, the originals, Arn, Tully, Oli, JJ, and Rick Flair, duh. <laughs> um <laughs> Also at the same convention, met The Big Show, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Gorgeous George, and Wasp was there. Just to kind of give you an idea of what was going on that day. Wow. Macho Man, that's cool, though. Yeah, it's it's right in front of you. Macho Man and Gorgeous George. Wow. Yeah,
0: my buddy, he, uh, he actually met Muhammad Ali. He's got Muhammad Ali's autograph, so. Nice. Wow, holy shit, that's fucking awesome, so, yeah, I, I mean, I've got some, I've got a really cool picture of uh, Polaroid of me and Mick Foley from, like, 1997, I'd like to have him signed one of these days, but, um, I've got a really cool picture of me carrying a Warder out of the ring that he autographed for me, so, nice. Um, but yeah, Malachi Black's definitely or Tommy End or whatever the hell you want to call him. So that that's pretty high on my list. I got a friend of mine's a photographer out here. So he's um last time AEW was here, he took some so I got a really cool
1: picture of that for him for everything. So yeah. Yeah, I don't do a lot of uh like a lot of the eight by tens behind me I've had, or they came in like a wrestling crate, and I was like, oh, I'll just hang these up. Yeah. But uh I'm not I'm not really big on the this version of me is not big on the autographs.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, all the stuff that's like in front of me is all stuff that I got like during the like I can distinctly remember a day where we met the Hardy Boys, Chris Jericho, and then drove to another location to get Triple H's autograph. Yeah.
0: That's cool. You met the original four horsemen though. No, that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I wish I could remember it, to be perfectly honest with you. It was all like a blur. Yeah. To be honest with you Somewhere in between me Not Watching wrestling too I went to like A weird wrestling convention Where I met like Bruno San Martino And Tatanka And And the Young Stallions Wow Jesus And Brutus Beefcake So that was pretty weird
0: Yeah Do you have any Non-wrestling memorabilia?
1: Oh yeah Okay I have a ton of Baseball and football stuff Out in the office Okay That's right Because you're a Dolphins fan right? I'm a Dolphins fan yes Oh that happened Dan Marino? Dan Marino Okay. Yeah. that was a that was a cut and dry dan Marino when i was a kid and that's it so, so i have a bunch of like signed baseballs and i have uh my wife got me something for my birthday one year where it's uh the 86 mets like 26 of them signed it and. oh that's cool i have uh i have a piece where it is um it's uh it's the ca it's it's the sheet that the that a reprint of a Nolan Ryan Tom Seaver card was supposed to be on that's signed by both of them. Uh I have a Don Shula Dan Marino autograph. Uh, I have Noah Syndergaard when he threw the ball at Lorenzo Kane. Um former Grove. I have something signed by a bunch of dolphins where it was like they were doing like uh <sighs> something for hunger. It's like Ronnie Brown, Jake Long, um Vontae Davis, maybe it's all fucking hanging out there. Nice we got, a, we got the Mookie Mookie Buckner picture, and I got the Mookie Buckner ball signed by both of them.
0: Yeah, Bill Buckner was in Idaho now, so nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah i I'm, I'm, uh I have Jeter Rivera Pettit from Mo's last game. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you'll be a baseball like aficionado. A friend of mine, uh he he ran a bar super big. He's a big Yankees fan, even though he's from Wyoming, but whatever. Uh, but I walk in the bar one time and he rolls a ball over to me and I look at him like well, oh, Bob Feller. I'm like, where'd he get that? I'm like, well, he just came in here to have dinner about 20 minutes ago. So yeah, he met Bob Feller at school. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that was I'm like, i like, I just, yeah. And a random bar in a town of 63 people in the middle of Idaho walks through Bob Feller and had dinner. So it's usually when it happens, right? I love shit like that. So well, sweet. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Um, before we pull the train into the proverbial station, as the kids like to say, is there anything else you'd like to put over here for, uh, all my high fivers and everything and uh, all your, your wizards people.
1: Uh, I think I put over enough while uh, you were in the bathroom. Uh, Definitely, you know, support Tom here and and the high fivers uh, spread the word. Tell your friends if you enjoy this uh, and you're not familiar with the wizards podcast, uh, you can check us out at wizards. Podcast is the social media handle Um, every Monday night, seven o'clock. We have uh, guests and, uh, shenanigans and games and it's just a good time so if you want to come hang out with us check it out
0: yeah and uh, make sure you join the shining wizards discord so um always a good time i've met a lot of good friends obviously in there but uh matt i w- i would be remiss and i catch a lot of shit if i didn't ask you this but i have to i know this is getting my infringement matt but matt when's the last time you shit your pants
1: uh probably last summer mm-hmm. uh it's uh It was uh, like inches from the toilet. This is the worst. Yeah, it was rough, but it's it's been I've been good ever since, you know. And I know if you listen to the Wizards, you know people think I'm the problem, but really Tony is the pro. Tony uh, is constantly shitting his pants, and he's proud of it. We'll get a text, you know, counters reset, and you know (laughs) what that means. That means he shit his pants. But it always ends up like, oh, Matt shits his pants all the time. No, contraire. Ma Frayer, I don't shit my pants as much as you think. I just don't have a problem telling my pants shitting stories. I mean, yeah, they're funny. So yeah, the
0: ones that are so close are just are just the worst. Yeah, I had one last summer. It was right in the middle of the alley, like two two blocks from my, or not two blocks, like two houses down. I was on my walk. Like, God damn it! But so I had to ask. Um, I know I would have kept shit if I didn't ask. So I had to. From so.
1: who? You know, the usual suspects. No, like. I don't know who is trying to get you to steal my gimmicks. I want fucking names. Oh, yeah. You know, Will's getting lost my chops and Brandon, you know. Will, I mean, Will, who asked a fucking 47 minute question to fucking Kevin Kelly a couple weeks ago on the Wizards. His question was as long as Kevin Rogues commercials. Well, that's where he got the influence from. So, I mean, Brandon, you motherfucker. I see you, Brandon. I'm going to get you. <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. Brandon. You know what, Brandon, you little motherfucker. We're going to have a talk, Brendan. Is he winning the picks? Is he winning the picks? Yeah. No. So right now, it's tied between Tony and Kevin. Okay. But I am safe because Handsome Kevin sucks at picks. Yeah, so do I. So I got no room to cut. talk. Shit. Yeah, I got to look at the... I got the... He's got... Brendan is in charge of all the Patreon picks. I just forward all the emails to him.
0: So, yeah. I'll, I'll text him here shortly after that, see how bad I'm doing, so...
1: Yeah, no, I'm gonna put it in the uh the the reminder and right? I send it out Sunday before revolution. I'll tell you, there's a pay-per-view coming up this Friday, so yeah, I've been so out of loop. But
0: Matt, and listen, I know this took forever. we really should do this eight, nine months ago. Do apologize, but I'm glad it did finally happen. So I'll apologize, Tom.
1: Like for this, we're busy people. I'm glad we got to get it done. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: So I appreciate that. And uh, you know, appreciate all you guys do. But uh yeah, Matt,
1: awesome. I will that's it. Was it awesome? Yeah. I feel like I talk a lot. Well, that's,
0: I mean, this would be pretty boring if you didn't. No, like,
1: I'd, like, like ramble. Yeah, that's the whole point. I love
0: shit like that. That's that's the kind of podcast I like to listen to. Like, I don't like, I mean, these formatted, scripted, like, I'm going to read the questions and you're going to give me the the formula, you know, like we talked about earlier. I like to just, I mean, like, I always like to do these things, like, it's like two people sitting in a wall. It'd be like me and you sitting at the bar at that hotel in Baltimore. Just That was a great time. That was a good time. Um, Chile. Yeah, was Chile. Oh, who were we sitting next to? It was uh, O'Shea Jackson, right? O'Shea Jack, O'Shea Edwards, Edwards yeah, Jackson. Jesus, yeah, racist. sorry, not O'Shea yeah. Jackson. actor
1: I don't know who O'Shea Jackson is. He's racist. Uh, you're you also known by uh, the, his common name is Ice Cube. Ice Cube's a pimp. Oh, yeah. his name is O'Shea Jackson. Yeah, that's kid's O'Shea Jackson Jr. So I mean, I yeah, I should get Edward some shit
0: for the Braves beating my Brewers, but that was Terrible. a good time, man. I had a great time, and how the fuck I lucked into those front-row tickets, I'll never know, but whatever.
1: Oh, shit, Chad. What an awful name. I, you know, I don't know. I didn't Ugh. do <laughs> <laughs> He went soft anyway. And, you know, money talks. I guess so. What did he do? Road Trip? What was it called?
0: Uh, like goofy one he did. Something like that. Family. I don't know. I mean, so did Eddie Murphy, but now Eddie Murphy's back to being Eddie Murphy, so... Did yeah, you guys- okay.
1: But Eddie Murphy was never in NWA. That's true. That is true. Do you, you watch the New Coming to America? I don't remember you coming in America. No, I will not. I can't. I can't. Like, all this these rem... I can't. I can't. I won't watch the New Coming to America. I was 100% anti the remake of Full House Fuller House. What are you fucking creepy people doing? That is creepy. Stop. I, just, I mean, how you do without Bob saying it, anyways? Or was that before he died? I don't know. Still, I don't give a shit if the fucking Tanner kids grew up. I don't fucking care. Um, yeah. Stop. May come up with a fucking original idea, or just watch The Office for the hundredth time, like I do.
0: I've seen maybe three episodes of The Office.
1: Which... Oh, I don't. I don't know, Milwaukee Tom. I just don't know. It's an amazing show if you like uncomfortable TV it's great <laughs> it's great it, and it look the first season is rough because it's because of the history of the all like the the network wasn't behind it nobody really cared yeah so it was like the first season is rough and then the second season was me and then uh, it really it's funny. The Christmas episode yeah. of the second season, they do they do a secret santa where the the $25 is the minimum, but Michael Scott buys an iPod for Secret Santa. And this is at like the height of iPods. Yeah. And he makes it the gift and then uh, he gets, like, a shitty gift, so now he wants to do Yankee Swap because he is, un- he is mad that he got an iPod, even though nobody told him to get an iPod for somebody, and his Secret Santa made him an oven mitt. So he was, like, super upset because he thought, like, somebody would think like him. But the kicker is that episode was free on iPods that year for Christmas. Oh, wow. So that's when the show really started to take off was that you would get the iPod and then it was a free show. So all these people were watching it and it really just fucking took off from there.
0: That's actually a really genius fucking idea.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like uh, they were like drowning and uh, Apple was like, we're just going to put this on there. And they were like, yeah, whatever. Like no one thought it would do anything.
0: Oh, interesting. And that was before Steve Carell really kind of blew up as an actor too,
1: right? Yes, it was before it, and then he just fucking took off. The show is...
0: I've heard it's one of those things I just haven't gotten around to, so... Uh, it's,
1: like, great, you know, it's great back, like, if I come home and I, like, look, and look, I love professional wrestling, but there's some nights where it's just, like, I, I don't... It's a chore. Like, it's a chore to play catch-up. Yeah. Like, with this fucking Ring of Honor show tonight, like, I, I, you're a Ring of Honor guy, Tom. Like, how do you feel, like... I'm fucking. I'm a nervous wreck right now. There's fucking f- like fourteen matches. Is it AEW Dark with just a Ring of Honor banner? Are we rushing to Supercard of Honor? Like, I I don't know what the Cocaine Bear is doing, and I don't like it. If he, my problem is he 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 can't be in. Tr- he can be the boss of Ring of Honor, but he can't be. And he has to bring in. You have to bring in Delirious. You have to bring in Delirious because, um. And I think I have to temper my expectations. I tweeted this yesterday, but I have high expectations for this because Ring of Honor was my favorite one-hour TV show. Now I don't know how long this episode is going to be. Is it going to be, like, dark? Are they going to be fucking four-minute squash matches? I don't want to see that.
0: I I don't have high hopes. Uh, Tony Khan's Ring of Honor is really kind of disappointing me. Like you said, I mean, for, you know, Will and I talk about this. During the pandemic, Ring of Honor, that pure championship stuff, was the best wrestling on TV by far um you know and obviously going back you know with all the ring of honor history i don't have great expectations of this i said yeah i was like yeah 14 16 matches i was like and looking at some of the names i'm like that does not look competitive
1: so. yeah it's uh you know it's it's not it doesn't make me feel good yeah you know, and i'm not gonna get around to watching it till tomorrow night so
0: you know, I'm glad ZSJ is on there. Um, I can't remember who he's facing. That's awesome.
1: Uh Blake oh, Christian.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, that's a, that's actually an,
1: um, a TV title match or in a New Japan TV yes. title match. Nice. Yes, there's. You know, again, it's I I I liked when it was like it's gonna be a one hour show because then I was like, great, like this is like ah eh, fourteen matches. We're just gonna go until we're done, like. If it's like fucking dark, I'm going to be so annoyed. Yeah,
0: cuz it's it, that's that's the impression I I was getting, so I, I don't know. Unless these 14 matches are going to be spread out over a month. No, you
1: know. they're all advertised for tonight. Wait, all 14 matches? Yes, dude. I thought it was like a 2-3 week taping. The, I don't know what they I don't know what they taped and for when? My understanding is these tapings are gonna get us to Supercard of Honor.
0: That's a month away. So
1: it's five weeks worth of TV.
0: Okay. So I mean, yeah, if all 14 matches are on one episode, I'd be really fucking irritated. So
1: uh let's see what the Twitter says. I'm gonna right now. Live, we're gonna live check it out before we wrap this this shit up. Ring of honor. Let's see. What do we got for tonight? All right, so here's ready. Takesh to Josh Woods, really? the infantry versus the kingdom, Claudio AR Fox, Ooh. Metalik Ari Davari, uh, Madison Rain and Sky Blue against the Renegade Twins, Rohit Raju against Christopher Daniels. Uh I read all those matches Zack Sabre Jr., Blake Christian Mark Briscoe, Slim J it's The Embassy Against Joe Keys, Rex Lawless And LSG Lady Frost, Willow Nightingale I think that's it
0: <laughs> It's a lot It's a lot but there's not like I mean those are good matches though
1: They are but that's still That's, that's a fucking huge show
0: I mean, if they're spreading it out over four or five weeks, I don't know. I, I am not excited. I mean, I will am borderline pessimistic. And you know me, I try to keep things pretty positive, but I, I don't have high hopes. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I, I really
1: hope it. it is. I really hope it is done well. And I hope Tony Khan is not heavily involved in it. I hope, uh, I hope he brings in some of the, the ROH people.
0: Yeah, I don't want, you know, ring, I don't want EEW light. I want Ring of Honor. You know, something completely separate.
1: Yeah, it'll be that's interesting fun. to watch.
0: You know, and maybe to his credit list that they had a tough time getting a TV deal, so maybe that's why shit's been all kind of fucked up, but you know, I don't have Look, if old- this
1: is if this is TV though, like I'm fine with it. Cause if it's a great product and you're getting a million people to watch it, then that eventually will lead to a TV deal. Let's not just fucking shoehorn it in there. Yeah make people want to go watch ring of honor.
0: Yeah. I, just, I, you know, that card does not to me scream. I mean, you know me, I'm paying my nine ninety nine a month for honor club anyways, but I don't know if, if I'm not, if that's going to make me pay nine ninety nine a month to watch that. Yeah. I just, uh,
1: we will see tonight at seven o'clock. It doesn't make sense to ask people to pay to watch a weekly TV show.
0: Yeah. This is an impact.
1: You know, with if a, you uh, are, if it's, free thursday nights at seven o'clock and you could tune in and then if you want all the other shit you have to pay i get that but if you're asking people to pay to watch the show i don't think that's a good idea yeah but i don't
0: know we shall see i I, i've you know i'll still watch super card of honor i won't order it but i'll watch it you know i'll i'll check out the tv see what happens so but yeah like i said i mean there's so much history you got to bring people in I mean, at least they did bring back Ian and Rick
1: uh, um, and Caprice. Caprice, yep. Look, I think you'll you'll get your a lot's changed since the company folded. So you know you're gonna see new faces, but hopefully, hopefully they can you know build a nice, a nice. uh... We shall see.
0: And we were both at the final final
1: battle. We were. It was bittersweet.
0: Yeah, it was a tough one in a weird way. So. And I got mugged by a goddamn bunch of fucking little Briscoe kids. So what
1: are you gonna do? Like 50
0: of them, so Brisco. So well, sweet. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you, my friend. I uh yeah, um, yeah, this will probably well actually we'll talk about that post production and everything, but high fivers, make sure you check out Matt. I will put all the information here uh in the podcast. But
1: Matt, thank you, my friend. So I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Tom. We'll talk soon.